Well, we are, uh, we are finishing up a sermon series on stewardship this morning, three weeks talking about our stuff, our money, our resources, our talents, our treasures, everything, everything that comprises us. How do we steward our lives well? And I've been inviting us to uh, give more. We all give, and, uh, and yet what if God is inviting us into a next level? And I'm not talking about just more money in the offering plate. What if God is inviting more of all of us to give all of who we are, uh, all of how he has blessed us? Uh, and, and so uh, we're finishing up uh, this morning. So far, uh, we've... Uh, we've talked essentially about why we should give more. And the first week we talked about uh, we, we should give more because God has freely and abundantly given, and none of this is ours anyway. This is not our life. These are not our possessions. These are not the days of our life. These are not, uh, these, this is not my money. This is not my bank account. These are, this is not my skill set. None of this is ours. It's all gift Everything comes from God. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. So we give abundantly because God has abundantly given. We give more because he has already given most. Uh, We could never top him and yet he invites us to try. uh, Last week we talked about we, we give more because the practice of generosity does something beautiful within us. Namely, it is the path toward godliness. If we want to walk in the way of God, if we want to live in the way of Jesus, then a part of that equation is generosity. Uh, It always has been. It has been from the beginning. Jesus talks about it often, talks about money, talks about our stuff so often. Part of living his way of life is generosity. So if we want to live like him, if we want to do the things that he did and follow the things that he said, we give and we give more. This morning, uh, I want to explore one more idea. Uh, It's one of the main reasons that you already give the way you do, and it's why we might be called to give even more. All right, so what I'm about to share with you, ready for it? What I'm about to share with you might be the most unprofound, unprovocative, uninteresting, unintelligent thesis for a sermon I'll probably ever preach. Are you ready for it? So, why should you give more? Because, wait for it, you ready? You should give more because there are good reasons to give more. Whoa, right? You should give more because there are good reasons to give more. Uh, Provocative, right? So intelligent. I spent four years in seminary, and that's all I have for you. I know, earth-shattering. But all joking aside, here's what I mean by that. We generally give, and we choose to give more, when there is a mission worth giving to. We generally give when there is a mission worth giving to. Our hearts have been stirred. Our passions have been fueled. Something has struck a nerve, and we simply can't not give. We are compelled to. Something stirs deep within us. We hear an impassioned speech. We see an, a, a cute, cuddly kitten commercial on TV. Whatever it is, something stirs within us, 
and suddenly there is a reason to give where we feel so compelled that we can't not give. Uh, There is a reason. Some situations just reek of injustice. Something's not fair. Someone's not being treated well. uh, And some person, some group, some organization, some church is actually doing something about it. So we give and we give generously. I hate the fact that that happens in the world. And some organization is doing something to make sure it doesn't happen as often. So I give. I want to support that cause. That's a cause I can believe in, and I will open up my pocketbook freely, right? Take my money because I am impassioned about that thing. I want to see that stopped, and somebody is doing something about it. Or on the other end of the spectrum, there are things that we love, things that feed our soul, things that we adamantly support, uh, ideas we fervently believe in, practices that make us better people, ways of living that add meaning and significance to our lives, and the mission, uh, and, and the mission of some person, some group, some organization, some church is actually prioritizing those things and helping us to live with more meaning and significance, so we give and we give generously. I believe so fervently in something, and some organization, some church, some person is doing something about that, and I want to support the cause. And so we generously give. When there's actually a mission worth giving to, our time, energy, talents, and money easily and quickly support that mission. There's a reason to give. We We just have to do something about it. We are compelled to contribute. We willingly give up our time and energy. We excitedly use our assets and skills. We give when there's a mission worth giving to. It's the way it works. Uh, Let me explain this idea with with a, a few examples. We see this in Scripture. It shows up a number of times. Uh, Biblical examples uh, of giving, uh, of giving when we support the mission. We see it with the women who support Jesus' ministry in Luke chapter 8. It says this, After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna, and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. These women probably weren't super well off. Or if they were, uh, there was all sorts of reasons why they shouldn't have given. Like, I'm managing Herod's household and he probably wouldn't be too fond of me supporting Jesus, whom he tried to kill not too long ago. Uh, and they certainly weren't going to get much credit for their gift, right? We do hear, them about, uh, hear about them in the gospel here. And yet there aren't wide stories told about Joanna and Susanna, uh, right? We don't know about these women. They weren't going to get much attention, and yet they still gave because it was a mission worth giving to. They believed in the cause. They had seen the work that Jesus is doing, and they wanted to support it, and they wanted to support it financially with their generosity. Uh, We see it in in, uh, the building of the tabernacle in Exodus 36, Uh, The tabernacle is getting built, uh, and people uh, are giving so generously to this cause that Moses actually has to ask them to stop. 
It's a funny little passage. He says this, and Moses said to, uh, and 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 he said to Moses, uh, the people are bringing more than enough for doing the work the Lord commanded to be done. Then Moses gave an order and sent his word throughout the camp. No man or woman is to make anything else as an offering for the sanctuary. And so the people were restrained from bringing more because what they had already given was more than enough to do the work. They believe in the cause. They see the vision. It's a mission worth giving to, and they've given so generously that Moses has to say, uh, that's enough. I, th- I think we have enough. Save your things. Keep them to yourself. They believe in the cause. They believe in the building of the tabernacle, this new place of worship where God will reside, that they want to support it with incredible generosity. Or like I mentioned last week, you see this idea in 2 Corinthians 8, where the Macedonian churches are incredibly poor. They have hardly anything to give, and yet they support all these other churches that are cropping up in the area because they believe in the mission of the early church. It's a mission worth giving to. So we see this throughout scripture. We see it in kind of historical, cultural examples as well. I was thinking about the character John Wesley, right, the founder of the Nazarene movement, the Methodist movement, uh, John Wesley. Uh, I, I read this about John. Uh, it says, Wesley was a man who was greatly impacted by an event which occurred while he was a student at Oxford. After purchasing some pictures for his room, he noticed one cold winter day that one of the chambermaids had nothing to protect her except a thin linen gown. When he reached into his pocket to give her some money to buy a coat, he found he had too little left. Immediately, the thought struck him that the Lord was not pleased with the way he had spent his money. He asked himself, Will thy master say, Well done, good and faithful steward. Thou hast adorned thy walls with the money which might have been screened, uh, which might have screened this poor creature from the cold. O justice, O mercy, are not these pictures the blood of this poor maid? From that day, in 1731, Wesley determined to maintain his standard of living at the same level and give away everything above that threshold. At that time, with the earnings of 30 pounds and, a li- and living expenses at 28 pounds, he gave away 2 pounds. When his earnings increased to 60 pounds, he gave away 32. As they increased to 120, he, gave, he continued to live on 28 and gave away 92 pounds. Wesley became known for his saying, What should rise is not the Christian standard of living, but his standard of giving. He continued to practice his entire life. When his income reached 1,400 pounds, he lived on 30 pounds and gave the rest away. Because Wesley had a fear of laying up treasures on earth, the money went out in charity as quickly as it came in. He reports that he never had more than 100 pounds at any one time. That's beautiful. He's generous beyond belief because his heart was stirred, because something had happened within him where he caught a bigger vision of what God might be doing in the world, and he was willing to be generous. His mission was helping others in need and not storing up treasures in heaven, and he was willing to give because there was a mission worth giving to. You think about Mother Teresa, uh, who visits Calcutta and instantly knows that she was called there to serve the poorest of the poor by living amongst them. Her life was one of constant gift because the mission 
was worth giving to. I think about uh, Pastor Rick Warren, the founder of Saddleback Church in in Southern uh, California, uh, who uh, wrote The Purpose Driven Life and The Purpose Driven Church, made millions and millions of dollars, and then realized he didn't need basically any of it. And Rick Warren gave back all 25 years of his salary from the church that he had ever received. He just gave it back to the church, uh, and now he does what's called a reverse tithe. So he lives on 10% of his income, and he gives away 90% of his income. Uh, And he and his wife have been really, really deeply involved in in mission work with AIDS victims in Africa. He's a great man. They're a great family, uh, and he has given generously because he caught a vision of something that was bigger, and he was willing to give all that he had, or almost. He had found a mission worth giving to. We even see these kind of things crop up in kind of fictional cultural examples as well. I I was watching uh, an episode of Grey's Anatomy with Mandy this last week, which I know says something about me. Uh, But in the episode... uh, this hospital where they work was hacked. Uh, the computers were hacked and everything was shut down and they were being held hostage for like $20 million. And the doctors, and I know it's fictional, and yet the doctors, they were ready to give the $20 million out of this fund that they had in order to save like 100 people. I, even knowing the, the drastic ramifications, they had seen the people that, had helped, that they had helped and that they were in the middle of helping and they were willing to give generously. Uh, or you think about Dickens Ebenezer Scrooge, right? He's, he's as crotchety as you can be, uh, this greedy, greedy old man, and suddenly he catches a bigger vision of how he can help the world, and, and he is suddenly willing to give. He, he, he wants his life to matter, he wants to help others, and he especially wants to help the Cratchit family, all because he sees the true vision of Christmas and is willing to give. He has caught the vision. So, so people, whether biblical, historical, contemporary, or fictional, they want to give and they do give when they can get behind a meaningful cause, when there's a mission worth giving to. So with my remaining few moments this morning, uh, I want us us to spend just a a few moments, a little time, uh, reminding ourselves that there are really good reasons for us to give more of our time, our energy, our skills, and our money. Uh, So first I want to think about this on kind of a macro level, a big picture level. Uh, I would say this, that God's overall mission in the world is a mission worth giving to. The thing that God is doing on a broad, big, macro level is a mission worth giving to. Basically, since the completion of creation, God's been on a rampage of restoration, putting back together the broken and damaged parts of us and our world. And for some reason, he wants to to use us in that restorative process. I, I can't think of a better mission to support, to give to, to give our entire selves to. We get to help redeem and restore the whole world. 
God is in the process of redeeming and restoring all of, the, of creation and wants us to partner with him in doing that. I can't think of a better mission to give ourselves to. We get to bring shalom to our world, a peace with justice that brings wholeness and health to a shattered and frail world. So, so I'm inviting us all to give all of us, to give of ourselves, to join God in his missional efforts in the world, to give more because there's a mission worth giving to. But then on a smaller level, a more of a micro level, there are personalized missions that are worth our support, that are, are worth our time, our energy, our money, our skill sets. We all have neighborhoods and neighbors, and God is doing something there in those places with the people that he has put in our midst. We get to partner with God in seeing our places flourish with God's goodness. So we're invited to ask questions like, who needs help, and what is God up to in this place? And I'm inviting us this morning to show up there and to give Because the work that God is doing in our places and with our people is a mission worth giving to. Uh, We all, there are nonprofits and there are organizations and charities that have beautiful missions to help serve, love, and provide for the exact same people that Jesus tells us to help, serve, love, and provide for. Uh, So I'm inviting you to look around the community. Look around our country, our world. Who is doing work that you are passionate about? Uh, Who is making a difference in a way that you care about? Who is caring for people or things that you really care about? What do you care about and who is already doing that work? I guarantee you that those organizations, those nonprofits, those charities desperately need your help and your money. And, And I'm inviting you to give it to them. Because it's a mission worth giving to. What do you love? Who do you want to support? And who is doing that work? And how can you help support them? Uh, And then finally, uh, you all have a church that you call home. We all have a church that we call home. Uh, I love what we are doing here in this little church. We can always do more or better. We'll always be refining our ministry and seeking to partner with God and listen to God about what he wants for us. But I love our church and our mission. I love our desire to be holistic worshipers, to always be in awe of our great God all day, every day. I love our commitment to intentional community, to really knowing each other, to being present with and for one another in good times and in bad. I love our longing for missional living, to be sent on mission by God wherever we go to whomever we encounter. I love that we care about kids and families. I love that we are truly an intergenerational church with old people and young, with with young voices and people that have so much wisdom to give uh, to to younger folks. I, I love that we are committed to one another despite vast differences theologically and politically. I love our church. This is a beautiful church, and we have a mission worth giving to. 
And I've seen this mission lived out so many times by so many people here in this church. I've seen families in our church who have seen other families in need and immediately and willingly opened their wallets and poured out blessing to their church family. I've watched it happen. I've been privy to that information, and it's been beautiful. I've seen families who care about our church's curb appeal, who want us to look like we are actually doing ministry here and are alive and well, freely give their money and their volunteer hours Uh, giving to a worthy cause. I've seen people who love the mission and ministry of the rock shell out thousands of dollars to keep it alive when things were looking dire. Uh, You all have raised over $3,500 in the last two years to dig wells around the world so that others can have the basic human right of clean drinking water. About a year ago, our deacon fund, the Jim Kugler fund that we use to help people in need in our community, uh, had been so utilized that it was down to almost nothing. And it took only an announcement or two before you all had it completely replenished to be able to help more people. All because you could clearly see and fervently believed that these were missions worth giving to. So again, one last time, I'm inviting you to continue to live as people of radical generosity and maybe even to give a little more because there's a mission worth giving to. I'm inviting you to give more to the general work of God in the world, to being more committed to your spiritual life and to your faith, to being more focused on following Jesus out into the world on a mission of blessing. I'm inviting you to give more to your neighborhood and to your neighbors. Who do you live near? Who needs your help? How might God want to use you there? How could you give more in the relational network you have in your life? I'm inviting you to give more to the amazing nonprofits in our community and our world. There are some incredible people doing incredible things all around us, and the God of generosity might just be calling us to be more generous to these awesome ministries and organizations in our city. Uh, And then I'm inviting you to give more to our church and to its mission, to give more of your time and your energy, to volunteer, to serve on a ministry team, to plug into a ministry, to join a small group, to help us with various things you see happening here on Sunday mornings. And then I'm calling you to give of your money to special projects that we're doing, but also to the general budget. I'm asking you to take a look at what you're currently giving, to pray about it, and to see if maybe, just maybe, God is calling you into the next level of faithfully trusting him to provide for you abundantly. Maybe the answer will be no, and that is totally, absolutely fine. Maybe you don't have much already and you're barely getting by. No worries. This isn't for you. Uh, Let us know if there's any way that the church can be helping you. That's what we're here for. But maybe, just maybe, God might be inviting some of you to take a leap of faith and up your giving to all sorts of things, but also to the church. I'm I'm daring you to say yes to that challenge this morning. There is a mission worth giving to. I'm inviting you to find it, to name it, and to support it. I'm daring you to give and to give more. Let's pray.
God, we thank you so much for all that you do for us, for how you have abundantly lavished grace and gift upon us, for how you have met our needs and given us even the things that we want often. And so, God, I'm praying that we would be generous to your world, to your mission in the world, to the people we encounter, to organizations that are doing beautiful ministry in our world, in our communities, uh, and to our church. Help us to be generous with our time, our energy, our talents, our resources, our stuff, and our money. God, give us the strength, the courage to do this. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.